0: Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from
1: the Intercontinental Radio.
2: Indigenous people known as the Huichol first appeared in the highlands of central Mexico some 15,000 years ago. Would you like to know how they uh, how they had their uh, how they had their babies? How they had their babies, Clint? Well, according to their traditions, both men and women would experience the pain of childbirth. When the woman would start to have a baby, she would lay down on the floor, and the man would climb up on the rafters of the home and tie a rope to his nut sack. You gotta be. This is hang it hand it down to the woman, hang and when she when. Yeah, he would, he would get up on top of the rafters Tie a rope to his nuts Let the woman hold the rope And anytime there was a contraction She pulled the rope and it twisted on his nuts So they both were in pain at the same time So they both went through the pain of childbirth together
1: Most ignorant shit ever There's a picture
2: of it right here And it's a dude sitting up on some rafters With a rope tied to his nuts It's an Indian photo that they drew
1: What the fuck? Why is Fuck. that necessary? Why is it necessary?
2: Shared experience. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's so what I'm thinking. That's then, what I was thinking, too. Yeah, shared experience. But this motherfucker, she's yeah. got, like, multiple coming out. She's got she's three, got three pop- popping out. And they're all three different color, yeah. different colors. Three different dicks? No, no, no. It's three different babies. <laughs> so, oh. yeah, maybe.
1: Oh. <laughs> so probably, yeah, three
2: different Yeah, dicks. I guess, but yeah, so... <laughs> There's like
3: three strings Hanging in front of her Like
1: this motherfucker Hurts with this
3: No it's like two
2: Two strings And she's got her <laughs> hands Out like this Holding on to it And you know, you know pulling, mm. And she pulls it In different directions either, So you got one nut Going in each direction <laughs> 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 oh. Shit looks painful Alright Hey okay. uh, but, what,
1: what fucking Indians was those
2: The Huey <laughs> From where
1: not very, not Mexico,
2: very
1: they oh. don't exist very many. There, there's not Cent- very many.
2: Aztec warrior. <laughs> Central Mexico. That was no fifteen. That's how they did it. Fifteen thousand years ago. No one fucks in that community anymore. <laughs> <laughs> they <laughs> died out. No
3: wonder they died out.
2: Aren't we glad they changed it? <laughs> Imagine if you had to go to the hospital head deacon Man. and it was like, "All right, get on up here. We got tie your nuts off." <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> you would have been up no. there screaming like a wild panther. Anybody bro.
1: here have uh, have a snip?
2: No I got the snip
1: Let me tell you about that fucker dude That Was intense Yeah Yeah It felt like um, Somebody was just telling me about that It, it felt like the... my balls Were all up in my in, in my guts Like you They were pulling like They're pulling the vast out To do the cut You could It feels like they're pulling your
2: Sounds like, like, like Your would... pull's
1: starting From your balls
2: it Sounds like a You're p- awake Yes, and you can go home okay. after that on
1: a on a clinic ta- on like a you know. I can't, in tell, your I can't tell you. I can't tell you.
0: I can't tell you an umbilical hernia is also attached to your nuts and
1: it hurts. That's probably the same general feeling because it's. Ugh. It's making me sick to my stomach it right did. now. I have never really gotten sick from pain, and I felt like I was going to fucking throw up. Ooh. I was. um they had to do it twice. And the best part what is... What do you
3: mean you had to do it twice?
1: Well, I got it, two balls, it, bro. I didn't take the first time? You got one ball and then the other ball. You, you can't to, do them both at the same time? Well, of course. You do it, the whole... It, they got to snip one and then no, they got to no, no, snip no. the other. I'm, I meant recovery time. Recovery time. Oh, recovery time, uh, I think it was like six weeks. Sure.
2: Before I could do <laughs>
1: it Yeah man Yeah I, I was a could couple go back weeks to work before. the next day right You just had to fucking couldn't I was off for a day I could have gone back But I was I took off Because my balls Were the size of a fucking <laughs> Grapefruit bro <laughs> Like how long did you feel it Being uncomfortable It was quick uncomfortable Like he pulls it So okay The doctor says This is a no scalpel technique We're super excited about this We don't cut We're, we're just gonna pull. pull And then snip Okay. I don't know what the fuck. I, okay. Is this better than that? I guess we're going to do it because you're the guy doing it. So, okay. So he takes the fucking forceps and he finds it. S- skin still intact. Just You, you can reach down. You could probably feel it right now if you give it a shot. <laughs> Grabs it with the forceps. Gets in there with the scissors. Snips it. And that's it. That's it. And then while he's doing that, it felt like, like I said, it felt like I was getting pulsered from my balls. It was fucking terrible. Um, Weird. Anyway, sorry about that. No,
2: so it we went down a <laughs> whole fucking hallway. No, my, my,
0: my wife had two C-sections, so the last time she was open, she just had her tubes removed. Yeah, yeah. So I could still have kids. She cannot. Yeah. I don't want any more kids.
2: I don't either. Though. That I got. <laughs> All right. A 32,000-year-old attendance sheet was found in Deir el-Medina, Egypt. The reasons for worker's absence include embalming his brother, brewing beer. That one's for Brent. And bitten by a hey, scorpion. The brew day. Sorry, got to stay home and got That's bit by a scorpion.
0: Next, mm-hmm. next Saturday is a brew day. But uh, the oldest the oldest hieroglyphic found in Egypt is actually a beer recipe. How about that? But
2: embalming your brother. had Can't come to work. My brother dad got it embalmed. Oh, I'm
3: sure it's a process.
2: It's every Friday deal, you know. If you ain't getting to embalm them. Who else is? And I like the bitten by scorpion. Sorry, <laughs> can't come in today. Scorpion got me on the also, toe.
0: Also, that same beer recipe somehow has, <laughs> natu- has a natural penicillin in it. So that's they used to just get
2: drunk and fight off infections. Amen. Well, it's actually, a lot of them just would fucking die. <laughs> like expectancy. a young age Yeah like 13 <laughs> Yeah no one knew Why they were getting better though Yeah like 21 <laughs> 21 was like an old ass man Back then probably
0: Yeah uh, yeah Well yeah figuring Keen Tut was like Fucking nine
3: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> he Very, fucking, very He had to grow up quick Back then <laughs>
0: I, mean, I mean Also
2: also, his dad Was his brother And his cousin But <laughs> It happens I wonder why, his, wonder why There's sickness In the family uh, <laughs> yeah. And finally an arsenal of long-distance weapons was unearthed in Belgium, which archaeologists have dated as 31,000 years old. This marks the discovery that humans were using spears roughly 10,000 years earlier than they were previously yeah. thought. So, Where was that found in at? In Belgium. Belgium, oh. They had to defend the chocolate. <laughs> That could be the chocolate. And, and the waffles. <laughs> the chocolate mountains needed some defending. Especially if you're putting the chocolate on the mountains. my uh, My cousin uh, went to Belgium. Um, uh, on the, She went on a vacation to Europe, uh, her and her husband did, and they went to Belgium, and she said that like every other place you go is like it's all chocolate and waffles. Like every place you go, it's all chocolate and waffles, or chocolate and waffles together. And then beer. I said, I've got to go to this place, then it sounds like. I love <laughs> fucking waffles, <laughs> and I love chocolate. <laughs>
0: Some of the oldest breweries in the world are in Belgium.
3: Again, yes, I saw my bucket list. I bet ever since I've seen him, I, I, I had my nerves on edge.
1: Well, just you know what? It'll make you feel better if you go by and just take a look at that nice, beautiful Christmas tree tonight on your way home. Or just, well,
2: you, you uh, swing out by a Dog's house, right? Yeah. That yeah, motherfucker is yeah. Chevy Chase with Shout it. out
1: Matt Lacey. <laughs> Matt Lacey's. Yeah. What, what, Dale Lacey's. That is, yeah. That's, we drove
2: out by there last night. It's fucking insane. It's in, yeah.
1: They've got a, they've got a quite a, um, I want to say 50 or 60 inflatables. It might be more than that, dude. <laughs> it yeah. might be a good. some hundred, interesting pieces. There dude. might
2: be a good hundo piece out there. Uh, yeah. I don't
1: know if they always have them or whatever, but the thing
3: that I noticed this year driving by it is they've got like several like other things that ain't inflatables like the sleighs and stuff with like mannequins or something in them. Oh, it was man. like um, or they got a
2: sweet ass there, gnome there? out there. It's got like a black light in it. It's dope as fuck. I just want one to put it in the corner. <laughs> My
1: daughter, uh well, I guess the kids
2: went out there the other night and
1: Natalie says she got out and she gave um she tackled a bear and gave it a big hug out there. So it's uh, <laughs> Yeah. It's it's a it's a family treat to go by all the time. Anytime we can.
3: Like the last three uh, years I've went by it or like had time to go buy it it's been like on a shitty night and they just didn't have it inflated so like yeah. I hyped it up about geek <laughs> shit about going out there and it's just like a sea of fucking deflated fucking
2: <laughs> thing isn't that it's great it's
3: like oh,
2: they were <laughs> rocking rocking rockin last night dude when your kid dropped that pie on Thanksgiving I thought it was like, I thought I was gonna piss my oh pants oh my laughing. gosh
3: you guys missed that oh was, no and
2: no it was fine <laughs> we had a uh, like what was
3: it Marie Collender fucking yeah, chocolate pie chocolate or whatever pie, yeah. yeah yeah and like Deke had this big old piece of it, and he was walking from in here to in thing, and he fucking dropped it face down, like <laughs> oh, right here, oh, no! And his face just, like, he was sad, and then got scared, and then, like, started looking around if he was in trouble. <laughs> See,
2: uh, I nations. was in there on the floor damn near laughing. It was so funny. He, he like, look on his face, and, like, he did, like, a little, ah, like, a flutter with his arms, like he was going to fly off the ground. Yeah. You no. Know? <laughs> he was so disappointed that uh, he really wanted that piece of pie, man. And there, we had more. It wasn't like there wasn't sure. any more, but it was so, he thought he was in trouble too that man. was good he like jumped back like uh it was fucking hilarious <laughs> he a, looked like his dad <laughs> that's what i'm saying that's what Clint was laughing at so hard <laughs> did, like,
3: i had to like console because De- deke was like upset was that clinton was laughing so hard at him, <laughs> him. i was oh, like don't man. worry like that's just he just seen you or <laughs> me yeah. And you.
1: yeah 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 and yeah
3: can't uh. believe that the traits fucking carried on
1: never you a dull moment. <sighs> moment. you make this kid feel bad never a dull moment with that one <laughs>
3: Well, Clint's not exactly the I'm fucking most tra- pleasant <laughs> uncle to be around most of the time.
2: <laughs> I, just it, of the I just ain't easy on him like everybody else is. You know I what know. I mean? I <laughs>
3: to, like, as soon as Ellie walked by, like, what the fuck you got in your hand?
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> He's Leaving the door open like, all the time. Got to tell him to close the door. Can't eat more in a damn barn. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's in late for dinner. Always tell him he can't eat because everybody else has done eight already and we put the food um, up. He's, dude, I had him go on that one oh, night and he oh, oh, was fucking oh. upset.
3: <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, I told him, uh told him fucking john cena don't <laughs> wrestle no more on the way home from peoria that one day and like
2: <laughs> he was fucking pissed and i was like he I, what would i say he, i said something about not being old he said he can't you can't see him i said yeah you can't see him because he don't wrestle no more <laughs> and this motherfucker <laughs> lost it dude. he was kicking the back seat and shit oh man i can he
3: didn't feel that. wrestle for like we would watch it and he liked john cena but john cena hadn't been live on tv and like fucking I mean he didn't ever remember him being on TV. Or sure, sure. <laughs> so like he'd been waiting for a long time and Clint just crushed his spirits that like <laughs> <Dude>, he ain't
2: <laughs> never coming back, bro. What do you mean?
3: Best though, the best motherfucker to talk shit to is Chunky is Camden fucking uh that shit, I don't know. That shit's funny. He's getting older now. And he's got a mouth on him.
1: <laughs> like, <fuck laughs>
3: can, uh, like, we was at the
1: football game, and I threw the hole at him. And the just... mouth, and the, and the best part, the mouth is not quite refined yet, so you they know, really don't you know, know what don't. the hell. <laughs> they, they, huh, they're they're like, trying
2: to string shit together. And then you can see it like in their head while they're trying to like compute. Like backpedal you. Loading. Dee, dee, dee. I threw
3: the hole at him at the football game. He just look, turn. He just looks at me and goes, "Fuck you, dick." Yeah. And then
2: like, <laughs> and then
3: fucking, I just start fucking dying laughing. His fucking eyes are bigger and shit.
2: Looks just like his dad without the bull. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Good God! Shout out to Deek. Shout out to Camden. Oh my God! Uh, Welcome to episode eleven of Beyond the Ordinary. I'm some guy, Ryan Colvis. And that was my computer. I'm gonna shut that shit off right now. Uh, And to my right is cousin Clint. I thought that was just the noise you make for me when you get introduced. Every time from here on out, it's (laughs) it's heavenly. (laughs) (laughs) Brent Sperry, welcome back. Hello, Um, sir. How's it going, Dick? What up, man? What are we talking about this week? We're talking about Waco, (sighs) Waco, David Koresh, and the Waco Siege. My mood about Waco changes like every decade. No, and <laughs> where have you Dogs bounced from? from and where? Well, there were
3: the fucking crazy fucking branch needed to be put down. Man, shit right. happens. Mm-hmm. I don't think I even paid attention. Like I seen it on the news and the shit burning down, and I was just like had to be Damn.
2: done
3: <laughs> <laughs> I never paid attention to it or any of its fallout for a long ass time <laughs> that's because you and were like in seven a, yeah I know but like right. I just remember it being all I was all in tune of... to that shit though I, I, I just didn't I remember being all over about the, the news
1: shit. I mean what did you, you basically just mirrored everybody else's emotions at the time that I, that the yeah. news kind of
2: yeah and then portrayed. The, uh, the picture of the building burning down was all and the video of the building burning down was like all, everywhere and the cops when they were entering through the roof of all the bolts yeah, coming yeah. out that's yeah. the only thing I think of. Yeah. When I
3: think of Waco is the back of that ATF jacket and the fucking window on the roof.
2: That video's everywhere too. That's I remember yeah. that. They played that over and over on the news till it was like burned in my brain. Like
3: That's the only thing I knew about it. Like I didn't I didn't even look in I was just like, huh. Didn't even look into like the last fifty
1: one days before that or whatever. Fucking fifty one long fucking days, my God.
3: And then like when I got older and got into conspiracy theories and I'm like, oh fucking you know, I was kinda like uh, anti government then anyways and shit and I was just like <laughs> Man, this well, is another example. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's because the thing that you're going to remember the most that came from Waco happened two years later when we were a little bit older. Yeah, when yeah. Timothy McVeigh blew up the Oklahoma oh, City yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, yeah. building.
3: That shit's weird too. I was way into that too. Two, but, uh,
0: two years to the
2: date. Yeah, yeah, crazy. I mean, I say he that dude did Oklahoma. Did a, he was like some sort of a David Crush follower of a, like. Yeah, he was
0: out. Of, he was outside the. He was actually outside the facility,
1: like protesting. Yeah. Like he was oh, yeah, one yeah. of those oh, people, people that showed up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then the uh, connection—well, the the bungled connection between the ATF doing what they did at Ruby Ridge prior to Waco, and then the um, the uh, the the fuck up that Waco was for them as well. And then, yeah, they, they probably shouldn't have the guy from Ruby Ridge running run the Waco the team. Fucking thing, yeah. <laughs> They just got off that thing, and they were like, yeah, we did great. We're going to keep going with this. This is, the, this is the way to do it. But this um, – in, 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 in doing, like, research on this, I guess an average hostage situation in America lasts about six to seven hours just for context as far as this goes. I mean, this was a – I mean, I, what, Ruby Ridge was only, what, a few days, right? I want to yeah. say it was less than a week maybe. I don't we know for we, sure. we cut the most I think. yeah, but this was damn near three months <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, mostly
3: though now like so like got angry about that shit, but like honestly, nowadays I just think about like i don 't remember how many survivors there were, or whatever, but like there was like thirty kids or something like that that fucking got ripped from their families and shit as it was happening, and like had to live in there for fifty one days too, and then their life completely fucking changed as soon as they left, and, and some like, of their parents, parents didn't were. Come dead, up. Yeah, and then, like, the rest of the world labeled them as fucking crazies for the next three and to the, four the decades. Kids who,
2: fucking the three. kids who did have parents, their parents had to, like, fucking go through a shit, crazy amount of stuff to be able to get their kids back even from being in the system, so...
3: And then, like, even, like, after the investigations, like, you know, their nine or, you know, nine-year-old gets ripped from those, the one victim I was listening to, and, like, she gets ripped from her home or whatever and fucking has to try to survive after all that shit, but then... uh And then like just hearing about different parts of the investigation that come out and shit, like the fucking heat, uh, thing or whatever, fucking, and just like totally fucking triggering into a fucking terrible person that, you know, getting Mm -hmm. drunk, fucking getting high all the time and can't get
1: out of bed. Yeah, you definitely get a, that's a definitely a traumatic event, especially in in your formative years that will affect you, especially like the government coming after your yeah. family and, yeah, and burning uh, your fucking house down. And almost all of them well, fucking
3: still well, believe we'll talk about that in, a minute. in the religion part of it or whatever and fucking, mm-hmm.
1: right. and, uh,
3: say that he was a bad guy or whatever, but then the fucking government is just out of control. Like just get angry every time. the fa- Like the ATF is like reached out to all the survivors at different points, like trying to apologize. And they're just like, fuck.
2: Maybe you. they should give them money. Like, instead so just trying to apologize. And then they'd be like, all right, that's cool. <sighs> <laughs>
0: No, I think they earn enough money by getting people yeah. to come see the compound. Yeah.
2: Uh, you know, uh, was, this is a
0: big hole where it used to be. <laughs> that would be twenty five bucks. I can't remember
2: oh uh, what the name of the documentary is, but uh, I was watching it last night. It's about the dude. It was on Netflix, and um, it's about the dude who uh, did supposedly did the poisonings after nine eleven. Um and um, oh
3: the anthrax stuff yeah, yeah
2: yeah um so the mail place that that all happened at they never closed it down they just kept letting the people work and like two of the people that like basically they, everyone in the building ended up getting sick from it two of the people ended up dying or whatever and um like you know the people were like we need like compensation something like everyone yeah. was all fucked yeah. up got long lasting shit after that or whatever and um they they sent them all a letter they, and the the <laughs> because they were, they were like well we have seven hundred thousand postal workers. But it happened at one site. There was a ground zero for it. And the lady, and it's like she's like, you're not going to like come to the place and talk to the people that were at the building where it happened at? And he's like, well, we sent a letter. There's 700,000 postal workers, so it, that, <laughs> should, that should be all right. It's like, people died at ground zero for that anthrax hit. Like, maybe you should pay them all some money or something. Should, yeah. Uh, but what I did they find got interesting no about Stewart it. In there, B-
0: best, best we could do. Yeah, for uh, real. Letter to pizza party.
2: What's interesting about it, though, is all the people that were working at that um, facility <clears throat> were all minorities they thought that the people the, they thought at one point there was this other guy who was doing it and he was a government official of some sort um, they tried to put him in jail for it and shit and they found out that he didn't he, both parties ended up suing uh, the postal uh, union Yeah, the people who worked at the facility um, their, their case got dismissed and the dude who they targeted got 5.8 million dollars ain't that a little weird and wow. nobody ever got and he was a white dude for and he was a white dude no because the guy that supposedly did it um, killed himself oh. well they think he killed himself I don't know it has a 911 call No. the wife is extremely calm <laughs> <laughs> extremely calm Rule a suicide she's like well he's upstairs on the bathroom floor and they're like well what happened she's like I don't know I think he got some wine earlier tonight I think he fell hit his head Psh, I don't know <sighs> there's not even a shred of like crying or sad that her husband's dead it was weird really weird
0: he tripped on the dog. I don't. Shabby.
2: It's a good. Fuck! Uh, I wish I could remember the name. It's it wasn't really, me. It's a really good. Uh, it's a really good watch on Netflix. Though it's about nine eleven about the anthrax uh, poisonings. I
3: think I watched it, but it was a while ago.
2: It's got it's got uh, movie scenes in it. Kind of they film. Mm-hmm. It's got Clark Gregg as the actor that plays the the scientist. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of weird. Because so I thought it was a documentary, and all of a sudden I was watching Clark Gregg, and I was like, he didn't kill nobody with anthrax. <laughs>
1: You mentioned uh, survivors in total, right? We have, so out of approximately 120 people at Waco being Branch Davidians, were there um, only nine survived?
3: Oh, so None, probably just all the. Ki- I think
1: they were all the kids then. Just the kids that weren't his, essentially, Jesus right? Jesus fuck. 25 children, by the way, two pregnant women. So. Um, well, were yeah. there like there? There were like 20 of them that got released,
0: like. Days into the thing, yeah, that
1: doesn't seem right
0: because that's
2: they talked him into releasing um, a bunch of them right off the bat. Well, uh, as long as he was allowed to like put a message on the radio or whatever, so he released a shitload of them um, right off the bat. And I remember because the the accounting of some of the kids was they as soon as they got them away from them, they took them to a building, took them upstairs. And then, basically, foster care just was like, boom, boom, threw them in a van, took them off, threw them, put them all in homes. Sure.
1: And I think here's the problem. And the
2: ones that did leave with their mothers, they were fucking, the moms were arrested immediately, and the kids were also, boom, thrown into foster care.
1: So, 44 survived. They were 44 people. Yeah. Out of the 120, the 76 uh, Branch Davidians and 25 children um, all perished in the fire. True. which, by the way, you mentioned earlier and before we started podcasting, that that David Koresh got shot in the head. He was he was he was shot in the head before that was his official cause of death, hmm. and he didn't get to um, endure the um, the flames no, that
2: he, or the smoke inhalation or, or any of that shit. So. <clears throat> Crazy, crazy shit. But so. did so? So he he died before the fire started, correct? Correct, or they assume? Mm, well, so the the I, the I guess
1: nobody knows. Well, apparently, allegedly, according to.
2: Um, let me get my <clears throat> books. The, my, uh, the, my the the film that here, so the film really that see. they have kind of because um, it's probably because Hollywood that they made about Waco that I was telling you guys about earlier, um, which is on Showtime. If anybody wants to watch it. It's just uh, called Waco. Yeah. Um and then there's a sequel series to it that, that also came out. That's the one that has
0: Michael Shannon
2: in there. Yeah, but. he's in both of them, but the second one's just about, about him for whatever, I guess. But um so uh it like uh David Koresh was sleeping with all the wives in there. And the one dude who was like his <laughs> right hand or whatever, like he was like basically like took his wife because he wanted her, like and didn't want his wife no more. So I was like, Hey, I'm gonna take your wife too, and then yeah. it's like you gotta deal with it. They said that's the dude that shot him in the head, and so um, on the TV show they make it look like it was a personal situation where like he was like hurting real bad and he's like we gotta do something and old boy's like yeah we're gonna do something and fucking just executes him you know and then shit yeah. pops off right after that yeah. I don't know if that's true or not it could just be Hollywood but he was sleeping with everybody's fucking wife over yeah. that bitch so someone might not have been sad to shoot him in the head after it was all said and done you know so I used That's um, a good we, catch, pal. Out of the books that I I, I, I thought you were eating them nugs there for a minute. He no. He's been munching <laughs> on them for a while now. <laughs> well, they're nuggets, but they're not the ones I thought. I asked him if they were. Uh, they look like dog biscuits
1: for a minute. He want to make sure they weren't really like dog treats. Pumpkin seeds, honey oat. I mean, I, I, I think a dog could eat that. be fine. <laughs> Sounds like it cures itchy ass. <laughs> Really? Um, I, so I've I've read Stalling for Time by Gary Nesner. He was the uh the negotiator in charge on on the case, um Waco by Ta- David Thibodeau, which is the um uh, what Netflix the not this not the documentaries, there was a series. I think it wasn't Netflix, it was Paramount or something like yeah. that. Um and then um Koresh by Stephen Stephen Talty. Um that's just a biography of Koresh's life.
2: That, um, uh,
3: the one guy is a fucking kid that survived
2: David it.
1: Thibodeau yeah yeah
2: he's the one on the Netflix documentary yep. that they keep saying that oh he's just a liar don't listen to anything he says by the end of it he's kind of a heavy set guy oh okay yeah he, all was... he wanted
1: to be it was a drummer uh-huh
2: the men at a guitar center yeah they let uh-huh. him out because uh, his mom came down there or some shit like that and he just had been estranged from his mom since he was like 15 or some shit like that. yeah and she came she came all the way from her home to go down there or whatever some crazy stuff man
1: Let's, um, so David Koresh. Let's just talk about David Koresh and then we'll get into the siege. That way we can kind of understand what kind of crazy dude this was. Um, born August 17th, 1959, American cult leader, um, head of the Branch Davidians, a re- religious sect, an offshoot of the seven, Seventh day Adventists. Um, the. Basically, what it's, what it seems oh, and like, they're, and they're a legit church, right? They're legit, ye, sure. Yeah. branch Davidians are, aren't not legit now at this point. They are, they're, I guess, in a, in the eyes of the government, they have tax exemption the, status. So the, yes, okay.
0: yeah. <laughs> the, the, the seven day Adventist, whoever, like they started as a real thing, and then the branch Davidians went off from them, and then you have David Koresh's group who used the same fucking name. Wow. And then was an offshoot. We call those six. Yeah,
1: it was an offshoot of an offshoot. Of an offshoot. <laughs> um,
3: uh, every time I hear about that type of shit, it makes me want to start being a fucking cult leader.
2: It's like uh, just more, <laughs> more radical motherfuckers are like, oh man, you're teaching it just a little bit wrong. This is how right. you're supposed to teach it. This is the new Nazarene. All oh, yous come with me. It's just <laughs> a little
1: bit of a different interpretation, isn't it? It's all about the interpretation.
2: That's how you tweak it.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Koresh came from a dysfunctional background, mind you. Actually, he was born Vernon <clears throat> Wayne Howell. Um that's his, uh, uh, his name. I didn't name. Even know that. Yep. Um yeah, well, D- he looks like a D- fucking D- virgin. David
0: Koresh it? is the what, king of the Israelites, and then Koresh
1: is something to do with their I, I heard this I don't know exactly what that is, but I heard it twice today because I listened to the book a couple times on the anyway. Um w- the first contact with uh the negotiator on the phone, the negotiator's like I, David, how do you, how do you, how do I pronounce your last name? And he says, well, have you ever heard someone die? And he says, well, yeah, I have actually. He says, it's just like that death rattle. Koresh. (sighs) That last breath and then the
2: negotiator goes it was that point I knew we were in for a long fucking haul <laughs> he probably killed some motherfucker and that's the last noise they made. and he's like oh, I'm gonna turn that into my last name you know what's weird it, if if, if that he, was some cold shit oh, it's haunting if he was alive today his hair would look like McDowell's <laughs> so uh okay <laughs> You know, you can see it already with the long hair in the picture you showed me earlier. Like he's got yeah. that fucking receding hairline already. Yeah, he looked like Mr. McDowell's hairline right now if he was still alive. So, so his name changed. Shout out, Mr. McDowell. He, he chose he
0: chose David for King David of the Israelites, and then Koresh is the biblical name of Cyrus the Great, a Persian king. That's right. Who was named the Messiah for freeing the Jews during the Babylonian
1: captivity. That's right. And he named his first son Cyrus. Interesting. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. He's very um, yeah.
2: Brent with the knowledge.
1: Yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's called Google.
0: Amen
2: for that. Um, I
0: just knew I read it and I couldn't remember what it was and it was going to irritate me if
2: I didn't look right, it Right, right, right. Is Google like modern day Socrates or what? Yeah, yeah. amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like <laughs> uh, sands through the hours. <laughs>
1: so he starts out as a member. And later becomes the leader of the Branch of Davidians and eventually falls into the Waco siege that we all know. Um, but he was born to a 20-year-old father, Bobby Wayne Howell, and his mom was 14. Um, she was 14. Uh, Bonnie Sue Clark was his, yep. what's her name? Bobby Wayne. <laughs> Before Koresh was born, his father met his alleged teen girl, uh, met, met another teen girl named and abandoned Bonnie Sue, who uh, began uh, cohabitating with a violent alcoholic. Um, in 63 His mother Left her Left with her boyfriend And Left her Left Vernon David With the care of, her, of His grandma um, And then for the longest time He thought that um, Grandma was mom mm. And um,
2: I know a couple of Motherfuckers like that Yeah <laughs> He didn't then, meet
1: his father Until he was 17 And then his, his mom's Just a nice
0: lady That came around Every once in a while
1: <laughs> yeah, she was. That's your just auntie. a nice lady that came by. That's your auntie. <laughs> <laughs> um he described his childhood as lonely and he was he was um due to his poor study skills, he had um dyslexia. Um he um was put in special education and was dubbed doctor or Mr. Retardo by his classmates. Interesting. Um, oh. Um, something that stuck through, I guess, through the rest of his life, um, even up till this. I guess he was old
2: boy from fucking uh, uh, Billy Madison with the, with the fucking list, putting lipstick on <laughs> and shit. It. He's like called him up. He's like, "I'm totally sorry for the shit I did in high school, uh, man." He I'm fucking totally pulls the list out. Glad down. I called that guy. He crosses a motherfucker off. <laughs> That's who he was in school. Old Steve
1: Bisciotti. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> koresh um was lonely i'm sure you but you won't get it anyway doctor mr ritardo was his name by his fellow students he dropped out of garland high school in his junior year um when he was 19 koresh had an illegal sexual relationship with a 15 year old girl who became pregnant how Um, old was he uh he was 19 she was 15 so i mean a little bit closer but he has a he has a taste. He has a specific type. See,
2: the last one was fourteen, right? Yeah.
1: But he's in Texas, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Which
2: it's Texas? Well,
1: I don't think they don't have a.
2: They lived in a. He lived didn't live like like in just a neighborhood though, didn't they? live on like a like a ranch of some sort or. Like at their um, communi- this was their own community or is this somebody just This living? was before, okay. before he moved in. Okay. This is totally, communi- yeah, he was totally, 19. Totally could be
1: wrong then. This is a Grandma Bob's. He didn't move to uh, Waco until he was 22. Mom
2: slash Grandma Dick, get it right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, actually, the Seventh Day Adventist Church was his mother's denomination, which is where he wanted to kind of bridge that gap between his, well, his actual mom So he wanted to go and and start um, going to that church to see if he could bridge the connection somehow. Hmm. Um, He became infatuated with the pastor's daughter. Um, No. (laughs) um, He uh, allegedly opened his eyes and found the Bible open at Isaiah 34, 16, stating that, quote, none should want for her mate. Convinced this was a sign from God, Koresh approached the pastor and told him that God wanted him to have his 12-year-old daughter for a wife. Um Fuck, the pastor, going younger.
3: And he was like
1: 20? Well, I think this is time he's still at 19. 19. He was 19. He had the relationship with a 15-year-old girl who became pregnant. Um, and then this pastor's daughter, who was 12.
2: I said, God wanted me to take this Bible and slap you upside the head with it, son.
1: He continued to persist with the pursuit of his daughter. He was expelled from the congregation at that oh, point. I bet he was. Yeah. Shit, that was Texas in the 70s. They could have just took him out back and shot him. Nobody would
2: <laughs> yeah. really gave a shit. He's, wow. That's why I say he's lucky. That's all they did was expel him. I'd have beat shit out of him with the Bible. I'd have put the fear of God right in him. Uh, especially, uh, especially in that area of Texas. i talk about seven seals, he's got six of them. I guarantee it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he moves to uh, Waco in 1981 when he was 22. So now he joined the Branch Davidians. There we go. Um, Splinter group of the Davidian Seventh-day Adventist Church, as we talked about, right? Um, so, yeah, they that place has been there since 1955. The, the original Branch Davidians group opened up their spot at Mount Carmel in uh, 1955, and that's when they decided that, to break and off. The, and the original church was, like, 1938. <clears throat> right. So... Uh, Koresh moves in In 81 gets to Waco In 83 he begins to claim um, He has the gift of prophecy um, So You forgot about hooking up with the
0: Original lady Or the original founder's wife After his death Well I thought we were getting to
1: that Cause she had like We She wouldn't let him She wouldn't let him preach She wouldn't let him um, Surmise his, because, I, I don't know, but he was he, he claimed to know a lot, but he um, had to, like, prove himself to her. Yeah, he that's, did That's because her son was supposed to be the prophet.
2: Go in here at them tube socks and tidy whities and show me what you're made of. So, you, <laughs> why
3: has somebody always got to be the prophet? Like, I don't know,
2: man. Well, I bet she I made just, him preach the word while she was taking it from the Bible Because that's all the cult's
3: work, man. I guess. It's just odd to me how people, like, their brain switches to that so easy, like, of just fucking, like... I've had those beliefs about the end times and shit, but I was never like, "Look, there it is." <laughs> Some
2: right? Some religions are focused, basically, ma- or straight mainly on that shit, though. Just the fucking end. That's it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um. So Lois Roden
0: was the um, was the lady with, who, obsessed with what happens I, next. I'm pretty sure she was the one that prophesied a. Uh, apocalypse that never came and then she kind of went batshit
1: crazy after that yes and that was about the same time that he became um he became romantically involved with her so after after that situation she she prophesied a a coming um judgment day and it never happened they they ended up rooming together over eventually because she would kind of back down at the spotlight like brent said at that point so then they start to shack up and then she further just like completely just dissolves out of it, just kind of steps out. And then the son, who was supposed to be the prophet, then kind of lets um, just a bunch of um, thugs and people take over, I guess. According to, um, according to, according what, to David, David, right? Yeah, of course he did. <laughs> it was kind of like an internal civil war over his sect and the real sect. Yeah, yeah. So it culminated in he has this relationship with her. She dies. The son says, well, they, they they struggle. David and the son struggle back and forth. And then the son says, well, I'm really the true leader of this group. And I will show you because I will bring her back to life. George Rodden. Yes. So he. Or maybe Roden. Str- Roden. Roden. Um, he struggles to try and bring her back to life. Um, they exhume the cor- the, the, um, the coffin in like the, I think it was in the compound. They were trying just a few days trying to get her to come back to life. Well, David uses this to its advantage and goes to find um, the sheriff's apartment and say, hey, um, he's mistreating a, a, he's desecrating a body right now.
2: Oh, fuck. lowest rod rod is the is the, is the mom's name.
3: <clears throat> right. So, yeah, well, that's one way to, so it gets
1: better because he's, they, they do have the, they have the court, they have the, the trial over, you know, whether or not he actually was desecrating the body. Well, they ended up bringing the coffin into the courthouse
2: uh-huh. So the he uh, he was teaching this thing called the serpent's root, is which co- what caused the the him and George to like get pissed at each other. Right, that was his that was his message. That yeah. was the serpent's root right. is what caused George to be pissed at him, and that's what caused the break. Because yeah. he 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 went to Lois and told her that God chose her to have a child with him, David Koresh, and then after they start after they got together, she allowed him to start teaching his way. And so everything had to change in the whole entire place To whatever the serpent's root is And that George dude was like nah bro It's been this way for it's my dad's shit you know what I mean uh, So that's what caused the initial The, the fucking For things to initially pop off that's, The change of scripture is what caused everything To really so start fucking
1: weird. And that serpent's root with David Koresh Himself worming on In there fucking, uh, And then so, Sound like he was talking about dragon dick <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, they in to stress the fact, like how like so they, yeah, they bring this this coffin into the courtroom, and then, um it, he ends up getting um,
2: oh, there was a fire too, did you talk about the fire that there was a five hundred thousand dollar fire that George rodden uh claimed that koresh started, and koresh said I didn't start the fire, it was the judgment of God,
1: that's right. Koresh announced that God has instructed him to marry Rachel Jones. A period of calm ensued at the Mount Carmel Center, but it was only temporary. A fire destroyed a $500,000 administration building and press. Um, Roden said Koresh started the fire, but Koresh replied that no man set that fire, and it was a judgment of God, yeah. Clinton So, Roden, claiming to have supported the majority of the sect... Um, forced Koresh and his group off of the property at gunpoint. Um, Koresh and around 25 of the followers set up camp in Palestine, Texas, about 90 miles um, from Waco, where they lived under rough conditions and buses and tents for the next two years. Um, we're kind of picking up weird here, but yeah. Um, The
3: story's already fucking wild as fuck.
1: Yeah, yeah. During this time, Koresh undertook the recruitment of new followers in California, the United Kingdom, Israel, and Australia.
2: Isn't that weird? Israel,
1: all over the The place. World.
2: How do you get them? That. How do you get them to Texas?
1: Well, I know that the Australians sold their house and just. Dallas Fort Worth is an international
2: airport. Yeah, yeah. I get that, but like. Well, he probably had like a public access TV show or some way of getting his message out. Maybe it was like Christian radio he was on or something. Well, shit, no, or... there was a, um,
1: they had a, um, so the Serpent's Root was actually, um, I think it's, there was a specific tape that uh, I don't know if they recorded, right. oh. and it was called the Scream Tape.
3: Oh, yeah, I've seen that. it's um, like in front of a purple screen?
1: Well, no, it's like, a, it's an audio recording. It's Might just a recording of one. his his oh. sermon. And um, that goes around the world to all the other, um, all the other seven Day Adventists. Like hey, they tried to send this out in the Branch Davidians that um, were worldwide, because there was there's small groups of of these Seventh Day Adventists around all over the place.
2: That's wow. just the dog, yeah.
1: <laughs>
3: Dude, I, I could have swore it was my phone vibrating no, on the no, table. The dogs like, are over I've there. I've checked playing. it like four fucking times, like. Whose phone is going off? Fuck. (laughs) Hey,
2: no barking. We're learning about David Koresh. We ain't got time for that.
1: (laughs) Shout out to Nanook and Lady? Lady. Lady, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, he gets people from all over the world. And then... um, so this is all before the whole uh, Where Roden exhumed the body of his mom and, and all this other stuff trying to get her um,
2: He told all these people that he had a vision That he was the modern day Cyrus there were is. Cyrus was the He was a
0: Persian king that freed oh. the Babylonians Or freed the Jews during the Babylonian he hit wars He had us with that earlier didn't he? Well,
3: so he that, was trying to free all these people from From the uh,
2: from Goddamn Rodin, government the other oh, From the other Oh yeah. Well to him too Trying to free them All evil Uh, Save their souls With Jesus So (laughs) he So they can all Be united In the kingdom of heaven
0: I think it was just Another cult leader That wanted to bang
3: everybody (laughs) Seems to be a running theme.
2: I I think that he Fucking Was like The Like not Most non-popular kid In school And then when he got Like something going for him That made him kind of popular He was like Fucking totally Taking advantage of this
3: Absolute power corrupts,
1: absolutely So, David becomes Essentially the leader at this point Because um, George Roden um, Ends up uh, I'm trying to see where he gets uh, Indicted for it And what he gets from it I'm not sure exactly It doesn't really I wish it was right here I thought I had it right here Hmm So So he ascends to, basically, the leadership of the Branch Davidians at this point. And a lot of things change for the Branch Davidian group. Like, quickly? Quickly. Um,
2: There's a dude named Victor H- Hotef, who was the founder of the Davidian movement. And he tried to um, tried to do some shit in Jerusalem. And apparently he got kicked out for because he was trying to teach, like, Koresh's ways and some shit like that. It says... Um, he wanted to be God's implement and establish David kingdom in Israel. Koresh also wanted to be God's tool and set up the David kingdom in Jerusalem. And in 1990, he believed the place of his martyrdom might be in Israel. However, in 1991, uh, he was convinced that his martyrdom would be in the United States instead of Israel. He said his prophecies of Daniel would be fulfilled in Waco at the Mar- Mount Carmel Center. Uh, was So that's where he picked to go. In that, so, so he
1: says back there in Israel... That the prophecy is going to be fulfilled In Waco, Texas yes. Years before He's not even a leader at this point he's, he's, This is right before the whole shootout uh, too. Isn't that
0: weird? In March of 88 ro- er, yeah, Roden was put in jail for a total of nine months Under contempt of uh, court charges First because of using foul language In court proceedings And then for living on property After being ordered to neither live on the property Nor call himself the leader of the religious group In the case <laughs> from 1979 the, yep. nec- the next day Koresh and his followers Moved from their headquarters in Palestine Back to Mount Carmel
1: So oh, yeah uh, So he really didn't get anything for the, ex- for the exemption of the body He, just, he got some other kind of Orbital things.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it <laughs> Oh so George Roden was trying to get a Photographic proof off of Koresh of a him and, exhuming a body. And and, and then that's what the was and that's what got him shot.
1: Yeah, Koresh got was trying to get that's that's where the shootout came in, right? Cuz they were trying oh, to get Okay, another, yeah. So, another thing were, with
2: uh,
0: Roden in October of 1989, he killed Wayman Dale Adair, age 56 in Odessa, Texas by shooting him. Adair was also struck in the head with a hatchet. Roden and Adair were sharing a house in Odessa previously owned by Roden's parents. That was converted into a two uh, efficiency apartments. Uh, according to the, the local newspaper, Roden said that the shooting, he was defending himself from a hitman being sent by the Colt. Uh, he was put on trial. He was found not guilty by reasons oh, of insanity yeah. and confined to a mental hospital. Later moved to a bigger facility in Big Springs, Texas.
2: Wow! He, they they sent him to, te- they send him <laughs> the to the Texas old. for unpaid taxes. Thousands of dollars of unpaid taxes. So <laughs> the cult trying to, trying to, sending assassins to try and kill me. So he didn't pay the taxes on Mount Carmel ever, this dude. I guess not. Huh? Or, her, or his dad or whoever, and he assumed the creditor, you know, if you're the last one alive or whatever, family members assume credit or whatever. Huh. So sucks to be that guy, right? Yeah,
0: he also escaped from uh, mental health facilities quite a few times, and he died of a heart attack on the grounds of Big Spring State Hospital in 1998.
2: Wow. They did discover. At least you um, got to see the, the fallout. <laughs> you right? got to see the fallout. They did discover a meth lab that had been reth- left behind by George Roden's, Roden's people or Roden Ivory set, uh, which Koresh reported to local police. Well, that's one of the. Were they
3: all doing meth? Is that the problem? I think so.
0: They, uh, I they think, think that's so. one of the causes of the fires too. It meth labs. You think?
1: Well, well, at least that's one of the stories. The um, they well. In the book, they, they mentioned, um, in, in the negotiator's book, they mentioned they, they, sneak, um, they snuck in some microphones so that they could hear um, conversations that weren't on the phone. And allegedly... They had they, agents on the inside. Well, they had the one agent, yeah. right? And then, well, like day 51 of the siege, the last conversation, they allegedly picked up on the microphone that... Steve, Steve, the other guy that was the uh, intermediary, um, was allegedly said to spread the fuel, whatever that means. I'm not sure if that's true. Um, that's what they claim. Um, so, but apparently, a panel of arson investigators found out or determined that it was started interiorly in four separate locations at essentially around the same time with an accelerant. So, um, I can remember ta- hearing. What, that that tear gas was apparently flammable? That was the the original theory? Yeah. Or something to that effect? Um, Was it tear gas? I thought it was some other kind of gas. They pumped in tear gas because the plan was to get them... They were trying to push them out. Yeah, get them to come out. Yeah, Yeah. so they had, like, strategically put in these, you know, tanks of tear gas that they were trying to just push them into the entrance. I'm...
3: Man... I was listening to, like, one of the Survivor's things, and I could have swore I heard him say or said that, uh, like, people choked to death on that, whatever they were pumping in. Well. And uh, they're like, no, no, we just use tear gas. Must have I mean, on fire. that'll,
1: yeah, tear gas is definitely, <sighs> it'll make you, um, um, so, yeah, people could very well have um, asphyxiated because of it. Really? Um, I mean, if you're in there and along with the smoke, and everything else. And yeah. because mean, it made, the same time that the tear gas was going on, that's when they started the fires. And so it, can, it was a nice mix. Yeah, it can make it look like the tear gas was the cause of it because it looks like smoke as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. know. I guess nine people came out that day of the fire. Get into it because it's fucking grosses me out. So uh. Goresh... Um, involved in multiple instances of physical and sexual abuse of children. Um, he had multiple, quote, marriages with um, um, multiple women. Um, people's, I mean, other people's wives. Um, they just, um, he just kind of absorbed everybody's wife, essentially. The, the, the marriage itself was, they were best basically the nuns of the group, right? Married to God, Jesus, David. Um, so yeah he had he he drew a lot of similarities himself with Jesus, he said, like eventually he goes to say like or not he, but like they mention like well he got hit in the side in the in the initial siege he, when he got shot in the side right off the bat right off the bat, um and, you know, and Jesus had the the final wound and while he was on the crucifix, he got stabbed in the side, and then like Jesus was 33 when he died, in kind of this grand gesture, and 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 David Koresh was 33 when this happened, in this humongous gesture, like he draws, and then some other people drew that also draw that conclusion, um, but you know, like whatever, <laughs>
2: I don't know. weren't they like like buying illegal, like illegal grenades and doing shit like that, and that's eventually why the FBI yeah, started the, looking uh, at them?
0: Yeah, the fucking. Uh, post office goes hey we uh delivered hand grenades to this compound out (laughs) in the middle of nowhere Uh, the package
1: was opened (laughs) right so yeah they tipped off the atm and and
0: that's how they originally uh had people set up for the initial siege that they did at the beginning they got if you've ever actually been to that area like Following direction, like, my wife's family lives in the... Er, like, 45 minutes is Waco, Texas, from, yeah. from the farm. And, no, it's not Mount Carmel. But... Uh, yeah. The... <laughs> They'd be like, fucked up, Brent. like going to, <laughs> like going from Aunt Carolyn's house to town. They don't tell you like actual roads. They're like, oh, when you see this one tree, just take her right there. And, <laughs> There's only three yeah, trees.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Next thing you know, are at the Texas Chainsaw Massacre fucking house. Ah.
0: But but yeah, they they got lost trying to find this compound, and they asked a male person. Four Directions, who happened to be David Koresh's brother-in-law, who tips him off, so he has people
1: ready for when the ATF shows up to arrest him. Yeah, the the media, right? The media is trying to get out there because they knew that the ATF's coming out to the compound. They're going to do something today that gets lost, finds a mailman. Yeah. That's and then, the dumbest shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> and then the ATF is, is, is royally pissed off at the media because they feel like the media tipped him off. Um, so because they knew That nope. they were prepped for
2: them When they got there Nope they just weren't prepared For Texas That's fuck No they weren't People are friendly People are <laughs> a lot more friendly In Texas than what you think man You can yeah. stop alongside the road And ask a motherfucker a question And you, they'll you answer can, for you As long as you don't You can And also,
0: also out in that area You literally drive past roads All the time that says State funding for road ends here And you go to like Fucking <laughs> dirt and clay <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it rains You're not getting to town Unless you're you have Four wheel drive
2: <laughs> oh, be State funding
0: ends here Yes You drive past three signs that say that On the way to the farm Man I no. want that I
3: want that road sign Yeah like no shit I feel like I need to Fucking go advocate <laughs> Well Well first, first, first maybe, maybe we need a little bit money to get First, get project to, money down <laughs> And finish this road off First you gotta
0: First you got turned turn onto this road And then once you get To the poodle tree You gotta take a left yeah, <laughs> And sure. then uh, You go down about A quarter of a mile If you make it to this house You got too
2: far This road cruise <laughs> down to Texas <laughs> And fucking take one like a sixty-hour drive, ain't it? Yeah, yeah. there and day or two. It's four. It's fourteen there back.
3: It's
0: fourteen hours to Lake Whitney, which is about forty-five minutes north of Waco.
2: You stop in like what Alabama and sleep for the rest of the night and get yeah. up early in the morning. If you're going to Alabama,
3: Fuck!
0: I love your geography right. skills, Clint. You're going to Florida, Clint. <laughs> I like Florida. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to go through Missouri and we Oklahoma go there instead.
3: Texas. I never uh, thought about Oklahoma very much until I drove through Oklahoma. Yeah, and. uh it's, like, one of the most interesting places in the world. Yeah? Yeah. The, like, the Ruby Rose fucking all that shit. And, like, the whole state's, like, mostly five. It's just five reservations. The whole fucking thing. And, like, uh, who is it that owns the Rangers now? What tribe is that? The Texas Rangers? Fucking, uh...
0: last people I knew that owned the Rangers were the Bushes. That was no, an rich old white man.
3: Fucking, uh, or at least the stadium they play in, I mean, uh... Is it Choctaw? God
2: You're talking about the Texas Rangers? Yeah. I it's I right
3: across the street from AT and T.
2: Yeah, make me Google.
3: Uh though. Choctaw, I think. Pretty sure it's a the, it's a big sea with a fucking dream catcher in the middle of it with an Indian head on the top and fucking uh like they they're just like building a fuckload of casinos down there and I don't go down there. You've drove past it. Motherfucker uh, I don't even have Ray he Davis about the same time
2: Ray Davis owns the fucking
3: Not the owner of the rain, The owner of the stadium
2: Oh
0: I've Those never The have never called
2: been, I've never been
0: Next to stadium,
2: AT&T Stadium Ray Davis hey, But you drove through <laughs> Oklahoma Ray yeah. Davis is the, the, the big name.
3: fucking C On that <laughs> big ass
2: Ray Davis owns the stadium doesn't mean stadium. I paid attention but, hmm.
0: my, my thing was I All the get gas through the, stations Through there Have through, the same
2: label on them I want to get through Those fucking states So I can get back home <laughs> Hey Ray Davis owns the stadium
3: motherfucker the I'm, not owns know. the fucking sponsor your dog, like AT&T fucking is, is where the Cowboys the play back. like Choctaw fucking stadium or something
0: Clint what your dog is pissed on the floor sweet
2: I'll get oh, him in just a man. second
3: <laughs> we are way too far into Oklahoma for the this is taking a terrible turn
1: the, um, the Waco Tribune Herald began publishing the Sinful Messiah series mm. um, a series of articles by Mark England and Darlene McCormick Um, reported allegations that Koresh had physically abused children in the compound and had committed uh, committed statutory rape by taking multiple underage brides. Um, Koresh was also um, said to advocate polygamy for himself and declared himself married to several female residents of the small community. Uh, The paper claimed that Koresh had announced that he was entitled to at least 140 wives and that he was entitled to claim any of the women in the group as his that he had fathered at least a dozen children and that some of these mothers became brides as young as twelve or thirteen years old. He's just walking around like a cat.
0: Spraying. So there's Mine. Little, there's uh, little, <laughs> that's mine. That's totally mine. That's mine. mine.
2: There's totally like mine. a little David Kresh out there running around in somewhere, huh? Or one or two.
1: Well, I think he's all in the compound, right? I think I think all of his kids perished with him yeah, in the Yeah, no Oh shit. Yeah. Wow. I know that he kept I'm not sure if they kept all the kids, but I know he the majority of the ones that I think they were all his kids.
2: Yeah, but if he was going around doing as much as he was, then I imagine there could, you never know, be one potentially out there somewhere.
1: Ooh, that's... Waco 2. Added to
3: the... <laughs>
2: Electric Boogaloo. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's it. It's going to be a 23 and Me story coming out.
2: Yeah. Waco 2, directed by Eli Roth. <laughs> I, gu-
3: I guarantee you, if that ever comes out, it's because 23 and Me or some shit like that happened.
2: Written by Quentin Tarantino.
1: Ooh, I'd,
3: I'd watch the fuck out of that. I would. Man. Three hours of talking, five
0: minutes action. That that, that
2: action (laughs) scene would be the most intense action scene. Yeah, gallons, uh, (laughs) gallons of blood. Oh fuck! Uh, Same thing like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood's ending.
0: (laughs) Come on, they let you keep the fucking (laughs) flamethrower.
2: That shit's great. Uh, In addition to allegations of all
1: these sexual abuse and misconduct. Um, Koresh and his followers were suspected of stockpiling illegal weapons. Um, this is imi- this is just in the uh, the series of articles that uh, that they chose but we had, we would talked about the the grenades being in, found at the post office, and they kind of alerted the ATF and then so the ATF then sends special well, agents well, that 's the
3: thing is nobody knew who the what fucking agency it was for like a long ass time it was uh...
2: ATF wasn't that big of a thing back then, right?
3: I'm not sure if they were or not. not the,
2: the only thing, on hadn't the only thing they ever done was they fucking killed that dude's family out in the woods.
1: Well, they've been around since '72, so yeah. I mean, they,
2: but that dude and his family but, yeah. trying to live off the radar or whatever, and he ended Ruby up shooting Ridge. a cop or something like that, and then they sent the ATF out there mm-hmm. and they uh, started picking them off with sniper rifles. Yeah, like right. I think well, even sh-
3: when the siege started, right? Like I don't know if the whole time that they identified as the ATF. It was just well, day,
0: day one time. day one was the ATF. four agents died, so therefore it became a federal issue, and the FBI all, take all the way over. up. over.
1: Mm-hmm. They booted it all the way up to Janet Reno, who was only who was still in the confirmation process of being Attorney General. Bill Clinton's yeah. only in office for a month this time. Mm-hmm. He's brand new, yeah. so then they're like, "Oh, you know he was over to
0: If a federal agent dies on an investigation, it becomes an FBI. Yeah.
2: investigation you know brother bill is wanting to make a splash too <laughs> they will not
3: well janet reno is not a fucking she's an intense lady well
2: yeah that's what i'm saying between her and bill
1: but what uh, do you think we ought to do janet <laughs> so specific um according to the, the 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 story according to the actual story here it says the ups driver said a package had broken open on delivery to the branch davidian residents revealing at least a half a dozen grenades he also noted that the compound had been removing, receiving packages like this from an arms dealer for months. I, I bet
3: he cheaped out on the fucking uh,
0: uh, shipping. <laughs>
2: <laughs> like.
0: Well, they were, buy- they were buying semi automatic weapons and then upgrading them to fully automatic.
2: Yeah, that's how you do it. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so that's I mean, how you're
0: saving your money. That's illegal.
3: Oh, I got you. Jesus Christ.
2: <laughs> June 9th, yeah, I mean, they have their own compound. It's you always all your, fucking gotta, down to distribution. You got to protect yourself, right? By any means necessary. Well, what? He Ma- had, Malcolm X said that. He, he had
0: like, what, six six guys set up on the day of the raid, and they held off the f the ATF until they ran out of bullets. Yeah. Like the (laughs) ATF ran out of bullets. Ninety minutes. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But what I'm saying is pretty much everybody in there was trained with a firearm except for children. Like even the women were trained with firearms. Most of them. Yeah. They were prepping for this which is I mean it
1: couldn't have fallen any any better. I don't necessarily
2: know they were prepping for the government to attack them sure. they were prepping for well, any type of attack whether that be a whole town of people who didn't they, agree with the way you guys are living or was,
0: they also killed their own wounded
2: like like you know jesus was killed <laughs> because he believed in christianity or whatever and so he probably thought it would be some shit like that. A bunch of people well, are just going to come for us because they don't believe what we believe.
1: Specifically, uh, as David said that uh, they were Babylonians. The Babylonians were going to come and start the, the war to start the – to open up the seven seals, right? And he referred to just a, any, any, any group of force that comes after me – Essentially, because he's the the prop, he's prophesized that he's the Messiah, right? To start the seven seals. So, if de facto, if they're coming after us and I'm here, then the, then the whole thing's starting. This is it. These are the Babylonians outside. They're starting the the end of times right now.
2: And after he'd been shot, you know what I mean? The delir- delirium of being shot. He probably went straight into fucking. They're care to get us mode, you know what I'm saying? Uh huh, uh huh. It's he, the apocalypse. He's, a,
0: he's the only one on the first day that was injured that they didn't kill.
2: Which, uh, it's kind of strange how they did that too because there's weird. Well, I guess you get all, into other, it. all the other, all the other, all
0: the
3: other Davians that were injured
0: that day, they killed
3: them. So, like, how injured? Like, somebody like stubbed their toe walking out? Like, if they were They're shot? Like, oh, I'm sorry.
0: Like if they were shot and they were going to die, they just fucking offed them.
2: Well, I think they took David down to the like a basement area where no one, like they had a, they had like shelters, like different like shelters and rooms in there that they probably dug, drug him into one and locked the door or some shit. So. There, were,
0: there were like six of them that day that they just killed because they were mortally wounded.
2: Hmm. Oh, are you talking about the Davidians killing? Yeah, yeah. They went around and uh, they had to go and shoot, their own, execute d- people. And yeah. then they had a room where they put all the bodies or whatever in. I thought you were talking about them coming in, like, raiding inside and killing people. Yeah, it's wild, isn't it? The
1: ATF opens up their formal investigation on June 9th of 1993. A week later, it was classified as sensitive, quote, thereby calling for a high degree of oversight from both Houston and headquarters. So, um, the ATF office in Houston and both, you know, the main headquarters are going to be, have their fingers in on this. Uh, So... The investigation starts um, and they become concerned over um, reports of automatic gunfire coming from the Carmel compound. On july thirtieth, ATF agents uh, David Aguilera, uh, Aguilera uh, yeah, Aguilera and Skinner um, visited Branch Davidians, The Branch Davinian's gun dealer, Henry McMahon, um, who tried to get him who tried to get them to talk with Koresh on the phone. Um his cousins of Vince McMahon? Probably. Kresh offers ATF agents then to come by and inspect the the weapons and the paperwork that they have. But he declines at that point. So um, moving across the street, essentially, <laughs> to, the, to the compound, um, begin... We
2: just had to set up tents and shit and basically fucking camped out, right?
1: I mean, essentially, moved you could in,
2: have. just They probably moved in trailers and whatnot, but... Well, that was day of, right? Or was there like I'm a sure. house? There was like, like a, small, a legit house? Okay. There was a
1: small place that they... That moved in just down the street. They, it was very obvious <laughs> that they were now being watched by these people. Yeah. Uh, I think that even... Um, Didn't they try to pose as college kids? They, well, they brought... Um, yeah, they tried to pose as college kids, and I know that... And,
0: and you're... Still, forty five minutes from the closest college, which is in Waco. They're like
2: the most uh, ignorant motherfucking co- like agents they could ever find to send out there to do this job. Or like today. they had
1: cars that college kids wouldn't have. They probably didn't that. dress
2: like people yeah. from Texas. Yeah, <laughs> and I guess
1: that uh, the the Branch Davidians noticed at this, and they went over and brought them. Like they all have mustache beer, and then never um they just took the stuff and
2: what is that what bye? people when they know like oh man fucking they're watching us all right let's take them some shit what fucking uh what's his name dennis raider and fucking and gacy inviting people into their house and whatnot and fucking well, buddy buddy, buddy Kare- motherfuckers you know koresh, like,
0: koresh knew that the agent on the inside was an agent he just just kept him around kept him around
2: yeah, yeah let's be nice to these
0: guys
1: so They'll so leave us alone maybe he ends mm-hmm. up talking. He wants I to talk with to that, talk, that agent. Yeah. Um, later on, on in the negotiations, he's, he's trying to um, get this guy to come back and talk to him because he wants to just talk to him. I have a theory on this, but um, this goes into my theory on um, his, his Jesus pocket. thing, right? And he just
3: wants somebody to tell him. He's
2: probably going to try to right. change him. And then you have him an agent on the inside that's working for him, well, not the other way around. That was <laughs> the theory. Like he thought that
1: he was just such he was he was the prophet that he could maybe change a federal agent Jedi mind trick, right? Doing that. My theory is it kind of goes along with the Judas aspect of it, right? He befriends this guy in the final weeks of his oh, yeah, thing, and then he gets betrayed by him, there right? You go. There you go. It kind of ties in with the whole Jesus thing, like you know. So it further kind of solidifies his
2: his viewpoint on it right he's 33 got hit in the side so fucking, i mean things. got his own
1: personal judas
2: fucking dude underneath him that was <laughs> supposed to be his buddy wasn't his buddy the whole time well that yeah. too yeah fucking you know secret it's, cops and shit
1: a lot of these little things he just kind of well hangs it on the the hook of religion for him and
2: uh, i mean there's a lot of similarities but a, a dude that that's you know that wild in the mind, well, i not uh, hard to take it there.
3: What is it, self fulfilling prophecy? Like,
1: that's what I'm uh, saying. Like, <laughs> is it real? Is it, or yeah, I or mean, I don't know, Was it self fulfilling from or, may,
2: may, right, right? Or I'm saying maybe he set it up himself like that in general. He wanted, you know, like he, maybe he, he somehow, do you
1: think he consciously did it or subconsciously did it? Do you think he actually was, he thought he was truly, and that he just,
2: oh, for sure, he thought he was truly, but yeah. I, I mean, I don't I, like maybe he, like. Like when the, you know they found out of about of their also. grenades and all that shit, and he was just nonchalantly like, "Eh, fuck." He maybe he was like, uh, eh, maybe this is the start of fucking," uh, you know, whatever. He
1: actually, thought it was. And was like,
2: just I'll fucking ride the lightning. Yeah. See what happens, or maybe he was just fucking that arrogant.
3: I think everybody like just puts off a vibe, and like you re put your sow and shit, and like you fucking vibe like that.
1: I. Like, shit, it's going everything he too. did was prepping for this. <laughs> They, I mean, uh, that that was their existence.
2: If he was at thirty three and he knew that was going on, and he had an inkling in his mind that that shit was going, I guarantee he he stoked the fire or poured a little bit of gas on it to get it to happen because he thought he was. Well, fuck! If, if I make it to thirty four, then they won't think I'm the prophecy. If something happens, <laughs> I keep this die. shit in gear. You know what I'm saying? Honest to God, could have been more. He I might not have wanted to go out I the way go out. Anything that would
3: have happened to him, injury wise or anything, would have been brought back to Jesus somehow
2: probably you're probably right uh, you're, yeah you're probably right anything like
3: fell and bumped his head they'd have been like oh like a crown of thorns man
1: it could be right right anything right it's, it's kind of like like how a serial killer justifies right. what they do what they did you know mm-hmm. um, it's just the little permissions I guess especially by a group of people who I mean
2: yeah, I, it, I, I think hysteria man yeah I think he was just <laughs> that arrogant that he thought he could probably turn everybody so that's why he tried to be the way he was with people. Mm-hmm. So the ATF used this affidavit
1: um, filed by David Aguilera um, to obtain the search and arrest warrant that, that led to the Waco siege. <coughs> so um, they, the search warrant commanded a search on or before February 28, 1993 uh, in the daytime between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m., uh, the ATF made claim that Koresh was possibly operating a meth lab to establish a drug nexus and obtain military assets under military assets under the war on drugs um, umbrella campaign. Then. Right, right. Um, although the ATF's investigations um, focused on firearm invest, uh, firearm violations, not on illegal drugs, um, the ATF requested the assistance from the DEA. Um, And the DOD citing a drug connection based on one recent delivery to the compound of chemicals, instruments and glassware. A written testimony from former compound resident alleging that Howell had told him that drug trafficking was a desirable way to raise money. Um, Several current residents who had, quote, prior drug involvement um, Two former residents who were incarcerated for drug trafficking crimes. National Guard overflights thermal images Showing hot spots inside the compound Possibly indicating a meth meth lab I mean, yeah, that's the same
3: That explains everything yeah.
1: <laughs> Well,
0: you're in a remote area of Texas You could get away with it
2: Yeah, but it don't make sense why you have The cops come take out somebody else's meth lab And he's going to make another one <laughs> Need you guys come get rid of this meth lab Hey, you know what we should do? Build a meth lab <laughs> That don't make sense Unless he thought calling the cops and having them come get a meth lab out would be like, well, now we don't got to pay attention to that place no more because we know they're not making meth up there because that Koresh dude, he ain't about that life. And then he was like, you know what? Secret meth lab. (laughs) You know, maybe. They're far enough out in the middle of nowhere who's going to see us. that what
3: happened to the house and why it was empty? Is that what you're
2: saying? Could have been why it exploded faster.
3: Oh, yeah. Never looked
2: at it from that aspect.
3: Yeah, they were talking about all four fires being set at the same time
2: there's chemicals in there it could be why it exploded and yeah. went up as quick as it did they don't ever talk about that they just talk about gas there's a meth lab in the bottom it. would have exploded it would have blown up fast like real real fast <sighs> so um,
1: although the original quest for re- assistance um was initially approved the commander of the special forces detachment questioned the request and the ATF only uh, ATF obtained only a training site at Fort Hood, Texas, from February 25th to February 27th, with safety inspections for the training lines, um, and was given only medical and communications training and equipment um, for the for their training situation for this. Um, <laughs>
3: uh, no, nah, you guys go do it here. ATF uh, had planned their not. raid
1: for Monday, March 1st, 1993, with the code name Showtime. Um, ETF later claims that the raid was moved up a day to February 28th, 1993, in, res- in response to the Waco Tribune Herald's Sinful M- M- Messiah series of articles. So they moved it up because the articles came out and um, they listed the charges in the article. Ew, so,
3: fuck, we got to go now before yeah, we can figure it out. Yeah. Um, jumbled from the
1: beginning beginning february 1st atf raid agents agents had three meetings with the tribune herald staff regarding a delay in publication of the of the sinful messiah series um the, the paper was first told by the atf that the raid would take place on february 22nd which they changed to march 1st and then ultimately to an indefinite date atf agents felt the newspaper had held off publication at the request of the atf for at least three weeks um in February 24th meeting between Tribune Herald staff and the ATF agent Philip Kojaki Kojacki and two other agents um, the ATF could not give the newspaper staff a clear idea what the action was planned or when um, they don't
3: know they're in this little ass town talking to the newspaper being like yeah I mean we're about to go we're gonna go yeah like, um, they fucking w- reporter been sitting on it Her third cousin fucking went to school with a motherfucker from there
2: I don't know who's like in charge of all this shit, but damn, they fucked up real bad. Like they, they bumbled this fucking thing up.
1: Yeah, from the get go, dropped good, the ball from the start. It's man. a
2: good thing that they didn't have more the technology we got now, because the Branch civilians would have been way more ahead of the game than they were <laughs> already. You know, Jesus.
1: Um, an attempt to the ATF, the ATF attempted to evacuate, execute their search warrant on sunday morning february 28th 1993 the local sheriff and audio broad audio tapes broadcast after the incident said he was not appraised uh he was not a he was not a let known of the raid um despite being in despite being informed that the branch davidians knew a raid was coming um the atf commander ordered it that it go ahead even though their plan depended on reaching the compound without the branch davidians being armed and prepared
2: they had a fifty cal, dog.
1: Yeah, they were prepped. They didn't plan for them being prepped. They decided to go ahead and do it anyway.
2: Yeah, a fifty cal in a sniper's nest. They, they weren't fucking around when anybody was rolling up on their
1: shit, dude. Any advantage of surprise was lost when a KWTX TV reporter who had been tipped off about the raid asked for directions from a U.S. Postal Service mail carrier who was coincidentally gave Koresh's brother-in-law. Koresh's, Koresh then... Told uh, undercover ATF agent Robert Rodriguez that they knew a raid was imminent. Uh, Rodriguez had infiltrated the branch of Indians and was astonished to find that his cover had been blown. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
2: shit. Yeah. These. These. Yeah. By the way, we know you're not one of us. Here,
0: you just go wait by the gate with your buddies. <laughs> <laughs>
2: the agent made
1: an excuse and left the compound. So well, you get on out of here. I gotta. I gotta go take a shit. I gotta get out of here.
3: Oh my gosh. That's fucking, I
2: think I left my, I think I left my hat outside, guys. I'll be right back. It's like 175
3: motherfuckers were just looking at the whole time. You're like, you dirty motherfucker.
2: They're probably like, how come this, I bet, I bet half of them didn't know. And they're like, how's come this asshole gets to leave? What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Turn coat.
1: <laughs> the, eight, so he made an excuse, uh, when asked later what the branch Davidians had been doing when he left the compound, Rodriguez replied, uh, they were praying, Um, Branch (laughs) Division's survivors had written that Koresh ordered selected male followers to begin arming and taking up defensive positions um, while the women and children were told to take cover in their rooms. Koresh told them he would try to speak to the agents, and what happened next would depend on the agents' intentions. Yeah, Uh, he spoke with bullets. He spoke with bullets. Yeah, that's (laughs) when they started
2: letting—well, they tried to—in the the documentary I watched, the FBI agents tried to move in on the house— And David They said that like ETF Basically like 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 David wasn't in control Of the situation And like some people The dude on the In the documentary said Like he wasn't in control anymore And some people just was like Fuck it we're doing what we're doing And they went up To the sniper's nest And just started letting 50 cal shots off In every direction And fucking started hitting Motherfuckers left and right
1: ATF arrives at 945 AM in a convoy of civilian vehicles containing uniformed personnel and SWAT-style tactical gear. Um, ATF agents claimed that they heard shots coming from within the compound, um, while Branch Davidian survivors claimed that the first shots came from the ATF's agents outside. Obviously, the big disconnect, you know, who shot first? Yeah. Nobody ever knows that shit. <gasps> Greedo. Greedo. Greedo shot first. God uh, damn it.
2: Uh, in the movie, uh, it uh, kind of makes it look like he's walking out and somebody behind him has a rifle and he's running past the door, like past them, and then like, uh, going up some steps and they're like, oh, good, good, and they just start shooting it. And on the documentary, um, supposedly when David opened the door, there was someone standing behind him holding a rifle. Is what the guy in the documentary said, and then that's when they started shooting because they seen a rifle. But he didn't have a gun in his hand at all. He just opened the door and put his hand out like that. Hmm.
1: They say that some people. Well, there might have been an accidental discharge. uh, It's kind of it's kind of common sense. Federal agent, I'm holding a gun.
0: They're probably gonna start shooting at me.
2: Um, yeah, so that's the only fucked up thing about it. He didn't have anything in his hands at all. He was just opening the door and, like, put his hand you, out. You, like, do, hey. you do
0: realize, mm-hmm. law enforcement is trained, that you're supposed to come home at the end of the day. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. but,
2: it, I mean, see a gun's behind, I understand, but I think someone just got trigger-happy and fucking and popped one off at him.
1: Other reports claim that the first shots were fired by the ATF's um, dog team sent in to kill the dogs in the Branch Davidian ke- kennel. Um,
3: it's, <laughs> and
2: it's like who... You had a special
3: uh, team to... All right. You fucking three idiots get in the back of the line. When exactly. everybody goes in this window, you need to go around back and kill all the fucking dogs. It's like trying
2: to figure out it's like trying to figure
3: out. <laughs> Hey, you leave the you leave the uh, you leave the uh, marksman failures alone.
2: <laughs> it's like uh, trying to figure out who ma- who made the first shot in the Revolutionary War. Right. Nobody knows. Just some cat on a bridge somewhere.
1: Yeah, nobody ever knows that shit for real. You know, those were interns. They they just got on. Yeah. They just got on the team. All right, what are you talking about? It was a British dude no. that killed the black. So, well, oh, hey.
2: someone was thinking medal of honor from the president. I'm gonna hit one. This dude right between the eyes, and, <laughs> and they they messed up.
3: You got at least sixteen credits, right? All right, grab this gun. Go run back. <laughs> kill the dogs. You got it. All right.
0: <laughs> Come on. The first the first casualty of the Civil War is Crispus Gaddix, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, so during the first shots, um, Koresh was wounded, um, shot in the hand and the stomach. Uh, within a minute of the raid start, Branch Davidian, Wayne Martin called emergency services, pleading for them to stop shooting. That
3: changes my mind right there. Like that is that is Christ-like injuries, hand and the side,
2: hand and stomach. Not oh, both right? hands, just one. Though. Just one hand. Uh, he's only he's a quarter off. <laughs> I bet that's what they told him when he got there too. <laughs> Hey, you thought you was you thought you was the one, right? Oh man, you're missing a hand, bro. Should I got the other should, hand in there. Should be, should be like,
0: okay, let me see that real quick.
2: <laughs> Shoot another one. I can see him right now, putting his arm around. I'm like, hey, pal,
1: it's okay. <laughs> Sorry,
2: you're not correct. It doesn't always work out. Should have stuck your other hand in there too, man.
1: You'll try harder next time. Won't yeah, you? Show it like this. On. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need Send to, you on down. I'm
2: going to need to take that pathway over there. Yeah, yeah. You're not meant for this one.
3: The, the uh, almost could have.
2: <laughs> no yellow brick road for you.
1: Three helicopters, three National Guard, Army National Guard helicopters were used as an aerial distraction um, and all took incoming fire during the first shot's like I said, Koresh was wounded. Um, uh, Martin asked for a ceasefire and audio tapes recording of um, he, them shooting, um, and you know, very clearly on the 911 call. Um, the first ATF casualty was an agent who made it to the west side of the building before he was wounded. Agents quickly took over, took cover, and fired at the buildings while the helicopters began their diversion and swept in low over the complex. Um, branch of Indians fired on the helicopters and hit them. And uh, none of the crew members were injured in that response. Um, they just... Um, they decided to pull back and land. They're not fucking doing this no more. Man. They're shooting at
2: us it hit them, crash a helicopter would be a bad deal.
1: So, the shooting happens, continues, 90 minutes. Finally, they, they uh, this, the shooting stops. And <laughs> they shut down all the power. They actually compi- com- commit to a siege on this place. So, now... They have no water They have no power They have nothing
2: Don't they start uh, Playing like music Loud as fuck All day and all night For
0: f-
3: For 51 days
2: like 51 a- days They played
1: know. music All the time What song was it all sorts of fucking terrible shit, like rabbits dying in the woods yeah, and shit. A bunch of and weird noises. It'd been better if he just would have said they just. had he played Freebird for fifty-one days straight.
2: Well, they had. They played <laughs> some songs too. Yeah. Let me see if I can hey, find uh, what they played. Somebody did that in, in war, right? Psychological war I think warfare. we did it Someone, in Panama, right? Yeah, and they kept people the others up for like tw- like forty-eight hours straight before they attacked them or some shit like that. <sighs>
3: Oh, man, I bet Rick Astley's on that list.
2: So <laughs> imagine being, imagine being. Imagine Never gonna being, give you a- Oh, fuck, I had to play that for 51 days. Straight. <laughs> you imagine being gut shot, fucking getting toxicity from a boulder and your brain's frying, you gotta hear that shit for 51 days plus animals dying and shit. I'd lose it too and probably oh, light everything on fire. I think of
3: the fucking FBI agent whose job is to fucking make the most terrible noise in the world to make you fucking insane to come out soundtrack.
0: I would just make you listen to Slayer for 50 Uh, minutes.
3: Baby rabbit, right here, fucking being separated from its mother.
2: Baby rabbit sounds dying. Leads you right
3: into MC Hammer.
1: Um, they used uh, Gregorian chants. Okay. <laughs>
2: Gregor- <laughs> Gregorian chants, yeah. You like that um, weird barbarian rock and roll music chunky I was listening to? <laughs> the
3: fucking uh, throat fucking singers? Yeah, Mongolian Mon- throat Go- singers.
2: Mongolian, yeah, Mongolian. Oh, kind of we chucking
1: those guys? Yeah. Yeah. The Who, or is that what it is?
2: Yeah, yeah dude. <laughs> shit like that ah. in 51 days. I'd lose my shit <laughs>
1: Mitch Miller's Christmas carols. Mitch Miller was a popular American musician and
2: conductor
0: in the yeah, 50s could, and 60s. You could, have, you could have made people lose their shit, making them listen to Christmas music for 51 days. Day. <laughs> you
2: don't even got to give me two days. Well, it was in June, too,
1: right? Dancy, so none of these boots are made for walking, was one. Uh, Tibetan monks chanting, um, Reveille, telephone ringings, white noises, rabbits. I want to say that they probably did play some Slayer Jim, and shit, too. Jim, Jim Carrey going... <laughs>
2: Come on, play something, play something I like for five minutes. I can't take it no more. we got to listen to it, too. So, All right. Well, some David America. Koresh and the band. I'd have been playing fucking. <laughs> they get out in the middle of the night, and they start
1: playing at these fucking FBI agents, man. Are you shitting yeah. They, they're going to w-
2: keep us up, huh? We'll keep them up. Well,
1: and then they shut the power off, and then they bring the fucking generators up, and they start playing their fucking shitty bar rock music <laughs> towards the end. Uh, yeah. uh, like that fucking song he <laughs>
3: was
2: playing? That's exactly
1: it. And David Koresh like. From Mount Carmel Compact We're gonna have A, a
2: special <laughs> What a bullet in him He was doing rock music dude Oh man <laughs> Is that not metal or what So He had a bullet in his hand His gut was the out there Just getting most down Most metal motherfucker Of all time Legit he I guess He be
1: I mean I don't
2: Add two bullets Fans
1: name It's all It's all come down to this Man I gotta get out there
2: I Gotta get my word out Jesus gotta hear me
1: James Hetfield He he got off stage After he burnt After he got yeah, he went to the hospital He, he went to didn't, the hospital. Finish, he didn't the finish the hospital. He finished finish of the show yeah. Fucking St. Louis rioted Because gens and Roses Didn't get
2: on stage Bullets out there Headbanging Yeah music. I don't know if Fucking got uh, shot.
1: Theodore Roosevelt
3: was the same way
2: He got which I, shot in the Which
0: I'm, supr- chest I'm surprised He doesn't have PTSD Or PTSD About that shit Because I think he does when they were playing fuel, like he he had his distance, but there were still fucking flames going off. When I saw him a few weeks ago, I'm like James is a brave motherfucker right now. <laughs> yeah, bro. But I can't tell you when they played one, his stuff was going and it was going.
2: Uh, I like when he tells he that story. He was nowhere to be found. I like when he uh-huh. gonna be under the stage, please. I like when he tells that story on behind the music, and he's he's talking about fucking he's walked in the flame or whatever they're doing fade to black, and then fucking he said a, a French dude like grabbed a hold of him in the back. And he said he punched him right in the nuts. Because <laughs> I threw water on him. I threw a blanket on top of him. And when I took the blanket off, a French dude like, grabbed his arm to take him to the. It to, probably ripped his skin it, off. It did, yeah. And he said he, just, he grabbed him in the arm and the skin just like melted off. Yeah. He said it, was, it hurt so bad he just punched him square in the nuts. He says that <laughs> shit right on VH1. Uh, right yeah. But, well, <laughs> fuck. The,
0: the night that Cliff Burton died, he almost beat the fucking bus driver to death. Yeah. <laughs> but,
2: I probably would have, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> So the ATF fucked up the the, the 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 raid. FBI gets the gets on the scene and they get control of it. I control. Sent, of well, it probably I probably should
2: have sent the military in in the beginning and just been done is with that, it. Is but. that part of
0: the reason? Like now the ATF's like part of the TTB where they just monitor like breweries and shit. I'm well, sure they're just <laughs> yeah. They don't want to. <laughs> We're not going to give him any. You guys, the fuckers are just
3: making hey. beer out
0: in the woods, guys. You guys fucked up Waco. Now you got to look after this brewery. Yeah.
2: <laughs> maybe they should have sent like the local sheriff and a couple ATF guys in there together to be like, hey, we need you to come in for a little while so we can ask you a few questions. Well, the bad no, part fucking is... Fucking roll up with 50 guns and helicopters. The bad like, part come is... Come on out so we can talk to you.
0: The bad part is the local sheriff be like, oh, that's because David and the boys are all right.
1: They're all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, is, the they just want to play their music they, out in the, wild in the desert. He's letting them
2: go even though they rolled up like they did they kind of almost like get out and point guns immediately you don't really they never gave them a chance to even come out and i mean not that they weren't more arming themselves too every, but like wouldn't it have been smarter to have couple dudes go up to the door with a warrant like yo we need every, to have everyone with us so we can question you not like every out. once in a
0: while uh, david invites us over we throw a few hand grenades with us <laughs> <laughs>
2: they, instead they it's rolled like i don't know what like yeah they f- came f- up 15, they come up 20 cars swing. deep you know what i mean yeah. everybody got out and pointed guns immediately and got on one knee like yo we're ready to shoot these motherfuckers real like, aggressive at the gate no one yeah. walked up and knocked on the door like hey can we talk to you guys for five minutes
3: i'm
0: pretty sure every government raid is just they've put they just pull up and fucking go balls.
2: No knock bullshit, dude. They just go, this go <laughs> hard as balls. Shame on them for that shit. Shame on you, ATF agents,
1: you fucking... Now I'm on a
2: list. You know, it's, <laughs> I don't know a lot more. I've been on a list, a I'm sure more, for a while. A lot more problems could be resolved if like, they'd, like if they, raid, they, like, if they were going to raid,
0: like, if they were going to raid your house right now, they'd already fucking kick that door in, and somebody would came through that window right behind you. Well, you know,
2: I'm pretty sure that David Koresh had a pretty like good batman. rapport with the local sheriff in that town, and the, the ATF was just like, "Fuck you, dude. We don't need your fucking help. You don't know what you're talking about." And if they had sent that dude plus two ATF agents right to the front door, and they would have knocked on the door, David Koresh probably would have been like, "All right, let's talk." Be like, David. I doubt it bol- would have popped off and been like, "Fucking, let's eighty, 80 bolts they're here and kill a bunch of fucking people." And David, you know.
0: these these boys have a, a reward warrant for your arrest. He's come with us. We'll let's go it. out
2: oh. there, hit them with ninety minutes of gunfire immediately. See what happens. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> then they'll come right out. They'll be fine. It's some wild west shit. Fifty one days later, I feel
3: like if uh they would have like came out three days in a row, the same thing would happen.
2: And half them people in there <laughs> were probably thinking, "Fucking Alamo."
3: No,
0: yeah, yeah, you that. You a yeah. bunch of
2: Texas people In there already And you're shooting at them From I, you know, I don't know This it might was, be It was ignorant from the beginning A dream for a lot you're of those of right. even You're just on the other happened.
0: side Of the state yeah.
2: Well I just in general If you're from Texas And they surround you And you're you know A fort. Oh, yeah. You're going to be thinking Alamo, you know what I mean? And if you're a branch of it and you ain't wanting to give your Alamo up, you're going to stand and fight, you know? Right. So. I put all this shit together in my bare hands, and then you guys are shooting and killing my wife and kids. And Unless you're from the United Kingdom or Israel, and then you're probably feeling displaced for a minute, I yeah. suppose. But Yeah, yeah that's what um,
3: weirds me out when international. Oh, no, you were following
2: come. Cyrus. You're all right. Yeah, yeah.
1: No, us, us, the Austra- I know about the Australia folks specifically because they sold their house and they didn't give... Um, the Branch Davidians, their whole house, um, as their tithe, like they were, like David was upset because they only got like a sixteenth of what
2: reserve. they got. I don't got my vacation home in I Australia. I need to get my
1: my tithe. You guys should have given me at least, uh, you know, two thirds of whatever the tithe, whatever it was specifically. He was very upset that I they was mold. Yeah, moved all the way from Australia and then was upset. <laughs> but anyway, the um before uh, and, and like. A few weeks before the the raid, um, because they started to break apart, some of the Australians left, and there were still a couple of Australians Australians still at the compound. They told um, their government, and then the news over there sent a reporter over and actually interviewed um, the group a few weeks before this happened. (laughs) Yeah, and um, I watched (laughs) that video this morning, and it was pretty crazy. Cause it's like, right at the height, like right before it all happens, and then <laughs> right
3: at right before the peak. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So, um, I'll I'll hopefully link that on the, the page here. And you guys yeah, this is what we out. got
2: planned for the next ten years.
1: Jordan game one of the
2: playoffs. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. That's what we got a lot of. This, we got a lot of this stuff planned for the next couple of years. And did it dead? Fifty one days later. Nope, sure you didn't. Uh, so, like over time, eventually. Uh, like the
1: first real thing that David wanted to do was to get his message out. And the FBI, it was, they gave him a camera. All right, go ahead and do what you, we'll put it out for you as long as you release X amount of people. Well, okay. He released who he was going to release and never, um, he kept kind of pushing things back. Well, I'll come out as long as we do this, this, and this. And he would never come out. And so then they call CNN. The like the day, like the, in the early days of the siege, um, they call CNN and tell CNN what's going on, and then, like, <clears throat> Who call, the, the branch Davidians call, call CNN, I think they call called everybody CNN. they could, they call everybody they could for, yeah. And I remember specifically the story they were telling about CNN, they had they told what was happening, and then they, I guess, this ATF called CNN and was trying to get them to call them back so that we could listen in on it. And then the executives there, they're like, no, we're not going to do any of that shit.
2: to uh, do a two-way between. Uh-huh. you want to see the negotiation, basically, between the Davidians and the FBI and then the radio DJ be the guy, in the mediator in between. Like, come on, you guys know uh, you can Like this. some airhead shit. Like, yeah. 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 <laughs> straight up. Uh, oh you guys going to need to come on out of there. Well, we need some naked pictures of B. Arthur. <laughs> we need a football helmet full of cottage cheese. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So yeah, um this goes on and on for 51 days. They ended up eventually the final day of the siege. Um they the, the plan from the ATF apparently was to break in, tear gas them out, tear gas them out, push them into um a place to where they could start to, be, you know, to come out. Um they have uh, a discussion.
2: You asked them to take pot shots as they walked out the door, or ran out the door, probably. <laughs> That's
1: what they feared, right? Um, but there was a conversation between um, the Stephen and then the negotiators. Um, basically, it wasn't going to come to any sort of conclusion that day. Um, hangs up the phone, and I mentioned this earlier, but I don't know how true this is. I can't, you know, they can't find any sort of audio. In regarding this, but they're allegedly they put microphones in the um, in the complex when early on in the siege, the FBI did and um, were able to listen to some background conversations. And after that hang up, allegedly um, they were heard saying, well, spread the fuel. And um, a panel of arson investigators found out that they was started at least four different places um, around the same time. Um, and in, and everyone like, the fire itself was fucking ridiculous, massive. Like, massive, and I know that um, oh, uh, some whole- tanks busted holes in in into um, like f- the front of the place because they realized that I yeah, guess the, the front like, door was barricaded. Like, like the out.
2: battering ram tank things, like they use, like the. To- at the beginning, of straight out of Compton movie when they bust yeah. in and bust that, that, like they use those to come and just crush through the walls and shit. Yeah, it's
0: so like a tactical tank. It, Tactic basically, an, herb, it just has an giant urban battering ram on yeah, the yeah, like of the it. like the urban tactical tanks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: then mm-hmm. fucking once that oxygen hit the inside of that building with that fire boy, well and it, well, so it would have accelerated fast as it. Foot, more. Boy.
1: Yep, and then you've got the you created vent holes on the other side because you're trying you, with with the tank too. So you've got this humongous just now add a possible
2: meth lab to that somewhere in there. <laughs> that's, if big. that's a case.
0: All I could think of is, I hit this, bang, it go boom.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so after fifty one days, um you know, they, they 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 called it, I mean, David. Perished. Perished. They they perished in the in the fire. Um, David
0: and uh, all his kids. B- unfortunately, m- hopefully most of them yeah. died from smoke and inhalation before yeah. they burnt to death. Yeah. Uh, that...
2: On the on the movie, um, it shows a bunch of them, like they had a bus half buried into the back of the compound, like in the ground, and it shows a bunch of them run into that bus to try to seek refuge, and they all end up dying in that bus, obviously smoke inhalation. I don't know yeah. how true that was, if yeah, there was an actual bus was... buried into the ground, but there was a bunch of them that go into this bus <coughs> and it's like a bunker kind of deal. It was a tornado shelter, I guess, the bus mm-hmm. was. And all of them died from smoke inhalation like Probably, I don't know. At least twenty, thirty people.
1: Probably.
2: Yeah. Phew.
1: So, I mean, this is a I don't know what you would say. This is this is a
2: bumblefuck tra- kind of a tragedy. <laughs> Damn tragedy. Yeah.
3: I would say it's the American government fucking uh-huh. imposing their will.
2: A little bit Yeah like I said They they would have been A lot better off to, to Yeah
3: but you
0: can't Roll molest, with local You can't molest and Children and Have illegal weapons Yeah uh, but I don't think all of them
2: They could have went Like I said They could have went Out there local authorities I'm And pretty arrested sure, just I'm pretty David sure You can't
0: legally Own a, a hangar date <laughs> I don't think that's Yeah I think It's, it, ca- it's kind of like With uh, Pepsi And the Boeing jet Or uh, er, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you can't have weapons <laughs> On it It's not legal I think the smarter <laughs>
2: Approach would have been To go with local Law enforcement To try to arrest David Crush. Had that not worked then you go in with force and a shitload of people. Instead, they rolled up and everyone got out and pointed guns immediately before well, anybody even said a word. Set so, the tone. It right? was right, something exactly. as, big, as, as big
3: and as long as that that had happened before that. And like,
2: Wait, Well, I just mean when when you're dealing with crazy evangelicals like that, they're ready at the moment's notice the thing to is see too, the Seventh The, thing is too, the way, whatever, the, the way that, that
0: they went in, though, they were trying to prevent us another
1: Jamestown incident. That was yeah. the intent, right? Yeah. Right. They were trying to do uh, overwhelming force right from the get-go.
2: Right, which I think is sometimes... And and when you're dealing with crazy people like that... I want to say crazy people. But David Crush was... Not, not all J- of them not were J- not crazy. Right? David Crush was most definitely a, somewhat of a crazy person, I feel like. And when you're dealing with someone oh, who's yeah, ready to nuts. die at a moment's notice and he's got 20 or 30 other motherfuckers that are ready to die at a Your moment's whole, notice... You don't his go whole reason guns.
1: to be living out there in the desert is waiting for this moment. Right. Uh, but not necessarily this exact moment because, you know... It, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like his whole existence is,
2: is yeah. Yeah. He he coming towards he, the, the, the end Armageddon. of days, Armageddon. and that's essentially
1: it. his end of days, right? It, it it came to fruition for him,
2: and I don't know.
1: I was talking with Shannon about this earlier, and we mentioned that and, there was and a,
2: like ninety
0: other people that shouldn't have died.
1: Yeah, and then take Well, that's
2: how it always goes There's always a bunch of Jim Jones, think about that There's always a bunch of Innocents that go with uh, them They're never a motherfucker That just goes by themselves. If they don't take them With them, then they get Taken with them You know what I'm saying? Mm
1: Mm-hmm I I don't know if this is Going to open up A broader conversation But we I had talked with my wife About this This earlier today And we had um, There was one section When Steve was calling On the, the negotiating line And the negotiator said well there's thousands of people out here wanting this to to come to a good end to come to an end and steve says to the negotiator like he if it, asks like if it
0: could have came to a good end would timothy mcveigh ever blew up oklahoma city I mean, right like what would it would that have happened who knows who right have,
1: yeah. i don't know it's another good question it's like did, if things went down probably in not. a different way do you think that would have happened probably not and those lives would have been spared
2: uh, Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols cited Waco as the their motivation for the Oklahoma City bombing. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think they would have found a different reason.
2: I don't know. I don't know. They were super. They were in the military and super religious, so it's just kind of pushed over the edge. About I think. fucking Ruby Ridge too, right? Yes. Was Ruby Ridge kind of was that also involved? That started everything. I do believe was it was. Uh, yeah. That's a, lot, a lot of it, but it was just like. Uh, there's people that want to live off the radar and not have to pay taxes or deal with the government or anything like that. And they are like, nah, you ain't allowed to do that shit. You know what well, I mean? Not anymore. Uncle Sam not, Sam wants you, weren't right, you weren't allowed me, to I'm do sure. it back then either. You know what I'm saying? Uh,
1: just, but so Steven says, ask the officer, uh, ask the negotiator, are there, are there angels outside? Are there angels too? Like completely serious. And what's interesting to me is
0: they, I, 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 one question you have to ask, it was 1993 as well, was Jordan goes, or Jordan Joseph Levitt outside doing the angel thing to let you know there was angels out there because I mean that was the year of angels in the outfield. outfield yeah.
2: <laughs> so, uh, so. <laughs> uh, yeah. He ne-
0: let he let you know when they were there
2: <laughs> on Netflix. That that shit's called uh, Waco and American <clears throat> American Apocalypse. Yeah. On Netflix,
1: the the I guess the broader question of at what point is. The fanatical, well, what, as far as this religion goes, at we, what point is it a fanatical? Um, we can't tell you an angel of death was out there, outside. Well, like, when do you say that well, the angels aren't real? You know what I'm saying to these people, but you still essentially kind of believe the same ball of religion, <sighs> the same ball of religion, but he's well, over I here. I would say right? it's when the mailman delivered grenades. Sure. Sure. That's probably right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Here's the worst part. What was your question again? You
0: still delivered that package and you knew there were hand grenades
1: in it. Right. Yeah. I'm just going ahead and sign here. Isn't that like
0: a federal offense right there? It should have been like, I'm pretty sure we should take these to the proper authorities.
3: It was uh,
1: at least a failure in training in some program. My question was like the idea of so they mention in negotiator to 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 bridge their togetherness i have he's he's a christian and he's a christian they they can share that together at what point is is his fanatical are the angels out there really and his denial of that like angels aren't real at what point is where's the where's the line for reality do you know what i'm saying for for this guy who believes in christianity goes to church every sunday the way everyone else does but these branch davidians are following their interpretation to the t from the word of god and the bible at what point who's who's right
2: who's wrong in that in that regard well i don't know because the, the branch davidians they they would for every day of their life half of it's probably devotion and that dude, who's on the other side, goes to church on Sundays you also and have to, leaves it there.
0: You also have to remember so, that David Koresh's version of the branch is totally different than the uh, the real side that sure. is the branch. Sure, It's
2: just his version. I mean, if, I if, it, anytime it, you hear a preacher preaches, their interpretation of the it's Bible. It's 60%
3: you know. fucking uh, you know, it, it, cult of personality, man. F- like,
2: figuring Koresh fucking, wrote a new
1: scripture for it. Yeah, yeah. And that was another way... And that was another last lie that he had After writing his interpretation Of the seven seals he was supposed to come out (coughs) Wrote his his Interpretation didn't come out Died in a fire and I don't know if that Interpretation died or uh, burned up in the fire Too or not I was actually going to look that up But I never actually got around to it Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah I don't know Some interesting questions Um, Interesting subject I mean we could keep Talking about David Koresh and Waco for a long time There's a lot to to unpack. Um, But we're right at the um, hour, almost two-hour mark, so we're going to call this episode. Um, If you enjoyed our episode and enjoyed us, um, go to www.beyondtheordinarypodcast.com and you can listen to our most recent episode and all our episodes if you want to, all for free. Um, If you feel like we are doing a decent job, there's a donate button down
0: there you can take a look.
1: So you know David
2: Crush is buried in... uh Tyler, Texas. Tyler, go, Texas. You want to go see his, uh, in the Last Supper section of the, uh, of the. Uh,
3: in the Last
1: Supper
2: section? Yeah, in the Last Supper section of the um, graveyard. Oh, everyone. Uh, yeah,
1: I'm very familiar with that section of the graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah and, can, uh,
2: can you tell me
0: where the Last Supper section is? I need to find David, please. <laughs>
2: And and, and it it says that this also says that he had several albums released, which we talked about in 2004, his 1968 Chevrolet Camaro, which had been damaged during the raid, sold for sold for thirty seven thousand dollars in an auction. Um, Ghost Ghost Adventures host Zach Baggins is who bought it. Fuck me. Of course he did. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Uh
0: That dude owns all kinds of shit. He
2: does. Oh my God! So that means that shit.
0: means it's in a that means it's in Vegas in a museum somewhere. Yeah,
2: yeah. And um, Far Cry Five, the bad guy in it is based on uh, David Oh yeah, hundred percent. They got the whole, basically it is David Crush. They but they says it and says in the, the game's game. Game's nuts. So if you're a fan of Far Cry, you're playing against David <laughs> 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 Good thing That game's not AI. Yeah, right
1: right. (laughs) Um, Again, if you um, You can reach us at uh, BeyondTheOrdinary at gmail.com If you want to email us Other than that, man Stay weird Check us out on the next next episode Fucking A Fucking A
2: I'm not not smart enough to say anything else Not, okay
1: Uh, we're gonna we're gonna peel we're gonna we're gonna end this out with david's uh <laughs> david's um, <laughs> song here his number one hit
0: as well as and, awesome fucking zach bagans also owns the real live annabeth doll too yes he does <laughs>